All right, everybody, this is another episode of Ryan Seaman and Friends. And this one's actually kind of special to me because uh, this next guest I've known for, uh, I guess, the span of like two decades now. Is that right? I, I think I think at so. least at least. Yeah. I, and I was I, I was thinking more like 100 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're you're not wrong. Just it just it feels like so much time is uh, has gone by, you know, just with uh, you, you've seen me play in a bunch of bands. I've seen you play in a bunch of bands. And we've just been in each other's lives for a really, really, really long time. And um, I think I even bought a tour van off of you at, at one point. <laughs> yeah, I think you know? so. <laughs> so uh, so this is Emily Whitehurst. You know, she has been in all sorts of bands. Right now, she's in the band Survival Guide. Uh, I met her when she was in Tsunami Bomb and the action design. And so, Emily, thank you so much for just taking the time out of your day to be on my show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, okay, so I'm on my show, I talk about how people got their start because you know with with me I think you out of out of probably all the people I've had on my show you're probably one of the people that have actually uh saw me from like the start of of my uh musical career and journey you know Oh yeah no one so no one else saw you in play in eyeliners N- Not really not not a lot of yeah. people there's there's <laughs> only there's only a few and you know you saw me play at um I mean I met you really early on I was in this band called uh the Teen Tragedies and I met you uh, at Kilby Court when you guys were on tour with uh, the Eyeliners. And that's, oh, right, right, right. That's kind of how. See, that, I don't know how much that counts because I no, don't remember sure. meeting you that night. <laughs> yeah, no, but see, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's just like recognition. But I, but yeah, we definitely hung out like on Warp Tour that year and and things like that. But I just remember like, oh my God, the lights went out. Okay, this is this is gonna be good for the episode though. It just got a little, it just got a little darker. I don't know why. Okay, anyway, um, yeah, but I met you. I, I remember meeting you at Kilby the first time, so, and then like I, th- I think we all like went to that place called the Pie together. Do you know what that is? In, right. In Salt Lake yes. City. Yes. The pizza place. Yeah. So we that's where all the people would go after the shows. But um, anyway, this is about your life. So for me, it all started in in uh, Salt Lake City. You know, just playing in like local bands and and all that stuff. But like, how did you get into music and how did you decide this was like something you wanted to do as a as a career like for you know forever (laughs) uh well it wasn't until I heard Green Day that I got really really into music and really obsessed like on an obsessive level um to where I just that was that was my my gateway and I just listened to music all day and would read the lyrics, you know, on the weekends, of course, because this was when I was in high school. Right. Um, and uh, I was so into it that I was like, I, I, I need to do this. I need to like, you know, not with any intention of really going anywhere with it, just uh-huh. more like I want to sing and, and play in a band. Right. And my brothers, my two older brothers had a band already. They were playing drums and, um, and guitar and singing. And so they were also, that was like 50% of it, I would say, is that they were already doing it and had amps and all that stuff. And I was like, I can totally do this. Like if they can do this and I am this obsessed with Green Day, (laughs) I think I could do this. Which, which, uh, which Green Day record did you get into first? Dookie. Yeah, same here. That was that's what opened my universe for like everything. Was, oh, was, really? was Dookie. Yep, that was me. Because what's really weird is when I have people on the show, most people say, Oh, you know, 
what got me into everything was like Blink-182. And it's just like, am I that much older than the people that I'm like, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying though? It's it's like, because you know, Blink-182, f- fine band, great. You know, but like Green Day was like the band for me that just opened up like everything, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, for that, sure. That so, warped tour. What was Blink-182 was like a few years after, yeah. right? It wasn't too much further after. No, not too much further. I feel like, you know, Blink was, they were like big, but I feel like once like Travis Barker joined the band, that's when they like really exploded. And that's, that's, that's the era that people are talking about when they're like, yeah. oh, you know, Blink-182 was like the band for me. But anyway, so this is about you. So, <laughs> so Green Day was the band. That hey, did we got, I, don't, I don't mind talking about you. <laughs> no, no, no. I was going to say, so, so when you were, did you, you grew up in like the Bay Area or what was your... I grew up in central California okay. and it was like probably like two hours south of the Bay area and like four hours north of, um, LA. Okay. So that's, that's one reason why it took green day for me to, to find, um, punk rock because we had nothing there. We didn't have a music scene. It was like a really tiny town. We only had one rock radio station that was like a classic rock station. Mm-hmm. And um, that would occasionally, it was so weird, like thinking about it now, because mostly like that was the station that I would listen to after finding Green Day because of MTV, yeah. of course. And then um, that station would occasionally play something like No Effects wow. or Rancid. Mm-hmm. It was really weird. So, um, so yeah so so that, okay so 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 you you're, you were coming up with like those bands so, so you grew up listening and loving like punk rock music so then how did how did that get from like okay i'm listening to this my you know my brothers are playing you know drums and guitar whatever like how, how did that go yeah. to i'm gonna start like you know becoming a songwriter and a singer and things like that yeah so when my when my oldest brother left for college the band their band kind of fell apart a little bit okay. And, uh, I swooped in and grabbed some of those musicians. And, uh, I, I think I just was super driven to just do it and be a part of punk rock. I don't even know. I mean, I, that's just the level of obsession that I had. Okay. So, okay, so I, I wasn't really a musician before that or anything. Okay. So like when you, when you were growing up, like, were you going to shows before you decided to start a band or was it like, uh, no, no. Okay. No, not at all. It was like, I, I, I fell into this, this world of, of punk rock and was just like, I need to do this. And just, I mean, I, I guess it's, it's kind of hard to explain because I really did not, I wasn't, I knew that I could sing decently. So Mm -hmm. I think that's why I was like, I could sing in a punk band. I could totally sing. Um, and as soon as I had a chance to form a band, I did. And then I just would try to set up shows at coffee shops or like in neighboring towns, wherever I could play and just tried to network. And I think that was one thing that was really fun about punk rock, um, especially at that time, was that it was like any punk is good punk, you know, and everybody is like, let's play a show together. You know, you, if you come across other punk bands, it was just like this is what we do. We have to set up another show at some, in some random parking lot or, you know, just wherever, wherever we could play. Yeah. So, I mean, like, how did that, how did that take you to like, what, what was like your first band that you would see like, um, you know, quote unquote success? Like how, what, what does that look like for you? 
Like, I guess the first from, band I was in. Yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, like, like how, I guess how did it, how did it get from like, you know, playing shows in central California to like being in a band like, you know, Tsunami Bomb. Yeah. So I, uh, I was in a band in high school and then I went to college up in the North Bay okay. and, uh, started another band, another like pop punk trio up there. And Tsunami Bomb was already formed at that time. And they had been playing for about, I think about six months or so when their singer quit. Okay. And we had played shows together. So at that time, Tsunami Bomb was a local band too. Like we were just both my band, which was called Plinky and okay. uh, Tsunami Bomb. We were just local bands playing shows around the area. And we played a number of shows together. And then they asked me to join their band when their singer left. And so, yeah, it just kind of went from there. We we still were a local band, but doing a similar thing, you know, just trying to play gradually, like further and further out from our area. And it it kind of, it's it was a slow snowball. So yeah, Tsunami Bomb was definitely the first um, band that really, that I was in that really branched out what's really what's really crazy too is that um you know when when i met you i was you know i was with that band the eyeliners and i was just i was literally fresh out of high school and then i got to tour with them across the country and then we were you know playing shows with you guys hanging out on the tour and then i mean i knew going into that summer that i was only going to be with them for you know that summer and then i ended up having to do another tour with them just because uh it was so close to, uh, so, I mean, basically after Warp Tour ended, I think we had like three weeks off and then we, and then we went out with like y- yellow card and no use for a name. And then mm-hmm. I just remember after that, then it was like over and then it was like shell shock. I was like, oh man, I just experienced like this, like really cool thing. And I'm like, night. I just like, I got like a taste of it. And I'm like, oh man, like how yeah. do we get back there? But then what's, what's insane is that like, I, right when I, I moved out to California after that, cause I was living in Utah and then I would, I would meet this guy, Bobby, who was in the band Fairview. And then we, you and me, we had the same manager, same managers. Yeah. You know, we had, you know, uh, Andy and Paul, who I, I, st- I still talk to. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's crazy how, how small the world is. So like, I think, I think our relationship developed more even when I joined, uh, when I joined that band, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's pretty awesome. I do. I think of you also as one of the few uh, musicians that I um, well, not, you didn't say one of the few, but like, yeah, sure. I, you, I've known you for so long, like yeah. thinking back to that warp tour from when I really remember seeing you, <laughs> God, I was like a little kid. Um, you know? yeah, you were, you were like a child. At that time. <laughs> yeah. I was like, and I was a ball I of mean, energy. I'm sure. I, I was also pretty much a child at that time too, but, uh, but it's like, it's so, it's so crazy. And it's, I think the really cool thing is that I can think of people like the eyeliners. They're mm-hmm. a perfect example. Like any of them, like, oh yeah, I remember them from that tour. But you, I've been crossing paths with ever since then. Yeah, you know, it's 100%. like I haven't seen them since we toured with them. Sure. But you're like, you know, still all over the place throughout my life over the years. And it's it's just really cool. It's what what's really crazy about that is I feel like I was at the tail end of like all the punk rock stuff. And I was like kind of teetering in this like um and I, I don't like using this word, but like in like the emo kind of world, yeah. you know, like I saw, I saw the shift on Warp Tour because it was a punk rock festival. And then it started like going in this like direction of like, um, 
like hardcore music and screamy bands and just mm -hmm. it, it turned into this like whole different thing that I just was not aware of. I mean, I just, you know, the, the, the tour that I was used to was bands that were on like Epitaph at the time or like, you know, um, like Fat Records or Hopeless or Fear, yeah. whatever. It just, it was like all those bands. But then I realized it was still all those bands. It was just a different carnation, you know, or right. whatever was happening at the time. Well, your career was kind of interesting too, because you went from the eyeliners straight to, to Fairview, <laughs> to Fairview, which is, you know, Fairview was way more like just straight up indie. Yeah. And I, I loved, yeah. I loved playing with them. I just, I feel like at the end of the day, you know, then we've turned into this band called Kiev and then we just weren't, we weren't going in the same uh, direction, you know, like I, mm -hmm. I wanted a tour. I, I think, you know, looking back on it, I should have been more patient, you know, but I just, I wanted like uh, it so badly. But yeah. then I just remember that, like, I, I just wasn't on the same page at the time. But, I mean, we're, we're still, like, really good friends. But um, but I just remember then, like, uh, Andy and Paul were like, hey, you want to try out for, uh, we got this band, I Am Ghost. And I was like, oh, okay. And then, and then we bought your guys' van. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, never, I'll never forget that. Van and trailer, which it lasted, like, it lasted, like, a long time. I, I think we, we were the ones that put 100000 on it, though. Like, I remember oh, good. being in Denver, being like, all right, we did it. Hundred thousand miles. That was the the Hulk, right? The green one. Yep. You guys renamed it. What yeah, did you name I it? I think it was like the Green Machine or something. Okay, <laughs> Some, something like that. I don't. I don't remember. But then yeah, we also, and that was. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, no, no. I was gonna say we we built like bunks in that van. We were so stupid. Like, what if we like rolled our our van or anything? It was like. A, oh, I mean, that's what you do. You yeah. gotta have bunks, right? Yeah, <laughs> we built we built bunks. It was like it was like a giant death <laughs> trap. I think after we had like toured on a bus you know, for like the first time having, then using the green machine again, we were like, Oh, we got to build bunks in this thing and like keep going. And, uh, man, I just, I don't know what would have happened if we would have gotten hurt. Yeah. I mean, know? I think every tour van is a, is a death trap and so are tour buses. You know? Yes. hundred like, percent. It's yeah, not really much better being in a tour bus. Yeah. You don't even know if like your, your fucking, your driver could be like half drunk or something. Like exactly. I remember that on that warp tour that I met you on. Um, like we shared, we shared a bus of flogging Molly. And I remember we used to call our driver, uh, Donnie rumble strips because <laughs> oh, no. during the night he, we would, we would just like hear like, you know, it was real, it was really scary, <laughs> but, uh, you know, being a kid fresh out of high school, like, what was I thinking? Anyway, doesn't matter. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're, so you're in the span and I meet, I meet you. And I was going to say like, when did you start noticing success? Like with, you know, with, just music and like tsunami bomb. Like when when did that when did it like it hit you like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna do this now. Like this is like we're we're playing shows. Like when did like the record deal come? Like how long were you guys like like in your like how long was it before like when you joined that you started like getting it like really off the ground? Uh well, let's see. I mean, for me, my feeling about it was always the same because I was always like, well, I'm just I'm gonna do this and I'm, I'm on this path, like whatever, whatever happens with it. And that's kind of still how I feel. Right. Uh, I would say, I know our first EP was in 2000. Okay. So, so we had a, a small, it was basically like we, we kind of were hopping to, to bigger, like we hopped from, uh, we, we first re released our own seven inch record like we each put in a hundred bucks and, so and pressed a record a seven inch yeah. yeah um and then 
Uh, and then we released another seven inch with Hunter from AFI. He had his own little label. Oh yeah. Um, so we released one with him and then we had a, we got a little, a small, you know, a one EP deal with tomato head records. And then from there we got, uh, I, I think, I can't remember the timing of whether we got a booking agent first or the label. I think the label was first and then we got Dan Garcia as our booking Dan, agent. I remember Dan. Yeah. Yeah. And he introduced us to Andy okay. and Paul, our managers. So then we got managers and then they got us our deal with Kung Fu. So it was kind of like pretty gradual steps, uh, but also kind of fast. If you think about it, it's like seven inch, seven inch, and then an EP to in 2000. And then our full, first full length on Kung Fu was in 2002. And we're, you know, playing as many shows as we can that whole time. So, uh, so, so I don't know. I did never really try to think of it like, uh, like, oh, we're succeeding now. Like we're successful. And I mean, at the same time, uh, we never were able to, you know, like I had to live at my mom's between tours, you yeah. know, like we couldn't really, we could never really afford to live. Sure. So it was like, we had a lot of success, but, um, but not so much in the, uh, Financial, yeah, the financial department. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, like, when I, man, I remember after that that tour that I did with eyeliners, like, I, you know, I was like 19 or something when it ended. I was like, oh, what am I gonna do now? My world's over. And then, like, I moved back to California, <laughs> and like, Fairview had done like all this rad shit. Like, they had already played like Coachella, and you guys like toured with them, and like, we did, you know, we did like, sorry, they they did Coachella, they played like at the drive-ins, like first show, and I just was coming on the. uh on the downswing of it, I guess, like where it's like, they had just done all this cool stuff, but now we're going to like focus on like another record. I'm like, okay, cool. So this is, a, and then we ended up like doing like one tour or something like that. Like we toured with like the Aquabats and then that's how I met uh -huh. those guys, you know, and like still good friends with them. And like, I was just going to say that, you know, we, we ended up just not doing much for every day. We, we were just like behind the scenes and we were like almost locked into this like terrible production deal. And we were just like, all right, that's it. We're going to just like completely start over. And then like, you know, at the time we like, you know, we parted ways with Andy and Paul and I still, of course, I was still friends with them. Um, you know, but then I, you know, again, bands are just so funny because like I try to tell people every time that, and I say this like pretty much on all my episodes, but like, like nine times out of 10 bands fail. And the one in 10 that don't fail were the ones that were too stupid to stop. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like it's way more than nine out of 10. It's probably like, it's probably like. 99 99,000. Well, yeah. <laughs> There's like one band that doesn't fail out of so many. Right. I'm putting I'm just putting in like a like a simple <laughs> term just so people can really understand how like it just doesn't, you know, okay, fine. 900,000 out of uh, you know, million. Yeah. Don't work. You know, and the 100,000, yeah, whatever. So, um yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's 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 music though, you know? It's like even when when I left like Fairview or whatever, it's just like my whole career has just been like this the whole time yeah. it's been up and down and up and down. I, I was, I was having this conversation with somebody like with, uh, I am ghost was the first band that like, I didn't have to work like a normal job when I was home. Like I would do like little things here and there, but that's when I thought like I'd reach success. I think mm -hmm. from the time that it started until the time that it ended, whether I was on tour or not, I was making $600 a month. <laughs> so wow. like, and like my rent back then was like, I like four fifty. So I was like, Oh cool. My rent's covered. So then I would just like, <laughs> live off like fucking Taco Bell and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and the occasional like 
sleepover on like someone's floor. And I was like, we're killing it. This is great. You know, <laughs> that's awesome. <sighs> so fucking. Yeah. Nuts. So, okay. Um, we have to go to a quick, quick commercial break. And then when we come back, I'm going to keep it up with, uh, Emily Whitehurst. And I want to, I want to get into the stuff that you're doing with a uh, survival guide and everything like that when we return. So, um, cool. don't go anywhere and we will be right back here on Adobe radio. <laughs> oh, Emily, what a crazy story. Uh, why'd you tell me that on the break? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I've done that dumb joke uh, over a hundred times now. I've I've had this show on for, for two <laughs> you do years. it every time. I do it every time. Why? I just need to come up with something new. I think I'm just like because like okay, I edit these episodes, and it's a good place uh-huh. for me to like you know I I stop the audio and then like normally we would look at each other for an awkward fifteen seconds or something like that so I can figure out like where to cut it for commercials, but then um. But then I just do that stupid thing because after there's, they play like some terrible music and then it comes back into my show. They, they, I, I, I don't know what's going on here at Adobe, but, but they gave me a show <laughs> and, you know, you can see me here in this camera. And then because, you know, em, Emily's not with me physically right now in this moment. She's uh, somewhere in a disclosed location. Um, but uh, where was I going with this? Yeah. So this is how they do it over here. So they put in a couple commercials and then this one song plays that I, I can't control. And I've like talked to the station about it. I'm like, Hey, just put something else on, you know, maybe, maybe something I like, you know, it's, we, I don't <laughs> know, whatever, fair. but Hey, you know what? They gave me a show. I get to interview my friends. We get to, we get to talk about everybody's lives and where they came from. And so now we're back with Emily Whitehurst. <laughs> so, okay. Emily, uh, we're at the point now where you're seeing success with tsunami bomb. You're touring a whole bunch. Um, when, when you left the band, uh, to go do something else, I'm cause again, we talk about how bands fail, like, you know, 900 times out of a million, uh, <laughs> when you were still like for for me, when I, when I've left bands, I've had to take like a mental break for like at least, you know, four to five months before I feel inspired to do anything again. So like, what's it like for you? Because I've had, to, I've had to do this a lot where it's like, you know. I do a project for a couple of years and then like, it doesn't work. And then I do another project and then like it goes for so long or we have whatever. It's just every, every band is like circumstantial, but I guess like what made you um, bounce back? I guess you could say for after, after tsunami bomb. So you're, so you leave the band and you're just like, okay, now I'm going to do this thing. Like how long do you think it took you to make your new project just like known and to have like a voice behind it and everything? Yeah. It, it well turning around and doing another project didn't take long because it was with Matt who was the bass player of Tsunami Bomb. Okay. Yeah. At the end when we broke up. Yeah. So uh so we we already were like we knew that we still wanted to play music together. So it was pretty easy and he was like, "Oh, I have a, a buddy who plays drums, like let's just do this and okay. and uh and yeah, it was pretty easy and cool, but it was really difficult uh-huh. um, switching from Tsunami Bomb to the action design musically because we weren't straight up punk rock. Right. So that was kind of a weird, I don't, a sore subject isn't the right way to put it. It was more like, what do we, how do we promote ourselves? Like, we don't want to be like, hey, we're... <laughs> we used to be in tsunami bomb. So, you know, like it was hard to know how much to use that name. And we really didn't like using that name at all because 
It's like, it, you know. yeah, I feel like it's like when you try to start something new, you want it to uh, have its own legs. Yes, exactly. Especially coming out like immediately out of the other thing. It was kind of like we didn't want to have lots of people being angry at us for right. <laughs> changing sounds, sure. you know? Uh, so it was definitely awkward. And uh, we did start writing right away and released some stuff right away, but we kind of were, were very unsure about like, you know, what, how, how to get our name out there and how to promote ourselves without, you know, without right. alienating ourselves by making people think that we were going to be another straight up punk rock band. Sure. So it, it definitely never took off uh, as much as Tsunami Bomb did because um, we we didn't really know where we fit. And, you know, all of our contacts and everyone was in the punk rock world and we didn't have managers anymore. We didn't have a booking agent uh, starting from the ground up, basically. Right. Um, and yeah, it it. it <sighs> It sucked because I feel like all of the musicians in that band were so, so good and we were gaining momentum mm -hmm. and we were doing more and more. And the biggest tour that we did was, of course, was our last tour, which was um, we we opened for Social Distortion. That's which crazy. Is, you know, <laughs> Punk rock band, though. OK. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is weird considering everything I just said. But and, <laughs> sure. And uh I was definitely nervous about it because I was, you know, still like we're in the shadow of Tsunami Bomb and I don't want people to be disappointed by this. But uh, and, and Social Distortion, like uh, somehow their fans were really accepting of us and it was awesome and it was massive. That is and, so random. Uh, I never I actually never knew that because I remember being on a warp tour, you know, because I've done I've done 10 of them. And I remember you guys, I remember you guys were on one of those. I want to say it was in like, oh my God, was it 2000, it might've been like 2006 or seven or eight. Cause I, I did, I did all those years. So like, oh six was like a week. Oh seven was like two weeks. Oh eight was like another week and a half for me. I think it was, I think it would have been oh eight. And I think you were playing with Jeffree Star. Yeah, I think you're right. And I also right? check this out. What, what's what people don't know is I was doing double duty on that tour. I was also playing with, uh, well, he only did two shows, but I did a uh, hunter revenge. So I, I, Oh really? Yep. So I finished. Oh yeah. Wait, yeah. didn't I come sing? You did. I feel like I did. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yep. There's, there's definitely Forgot video out there that. on YouTube. There's definitely video. There's video of us. We were, I think, God, I want to say we were in like Carson, California and you were, you were on the mic and I feel like rise against, we're just like off, like watching us. Uh, we were <laughs> yeah, on like, the Kevin totally. stage or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it was. Um, I feel like it was L.A. though. Yeah, but maybe it was Carson. Yeah, it was L.A. Whatever, same same diff. But yeah, it was it was like the last <laughs> day of the Warped Tour, and I just remember, like, because I was on it for like two weeks, and then you know the last day was in wherever, and I was like, okay, well, I gotta like drive there. I think I think there's a drum kit there. I don't think I need to bring anything, and I just kind of just I just brought my cymbals and snare, hoping like for the best, and then yeah, and then we all hung out, and then Ian from Aquabats was playing with us. That's so funny. Yeah. I and, totally and, forgot and, all and Dan, about that. I'm Dan so glad Kelly. you refreshed my memory. Yeah. And Dan Kelly was on keys. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I haven't talked, I haven't talked to him in like forever, you know, but, I haven't either. Yeah. But we are friends though. Yeah. Same. So I, I, I love him. He's, he's a great guy. Yeah, They're all great. I haven't talked to Hunter in like a minute either. I, I still follow him on, on social media and all that. 
But, uh, you know, he's busy. I guess AFI is going to start doing stuff again. Yeah, I actually um, messaged him recently because um, I did two AFI covers, which we can talk about when I, we yes, get there. I w- but, yes, uh, we're, we're, we're almost there, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's awesome. So, um, yeah, okay. So, real quick. So, now, now we're, at the, we're at the action design. So, you said your last tour was the Social D. And then yeah. what, what, made, what made you want to stop doing that, that project? Was it just kind of like, you've, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, what, what, what well, made it... it- so our, it was such a bummer because our drummer at the time, um, well, we only ever had one lineup and our drummer had told us right before that tour that he was not wanting to tour anymore, really. And so we were, <laughs> we played this whole Social D tour and it oh, was man. so awesome just knowing the whole time that he was going to leave and the the remaining three of us were like, at first we were like, what should we do? But also our bass player, Matt, who came with me from Tsunami Bomb, he was, he was kind of like going through a lot of stuff at the time and, and seemed to be sort of fading away from music as well, even though he, he didn't actually quit the band, but after our drummer quit, it was kind of like, it seemed like he kind of, you know, not lost interest, but just wasn't as in it as he was before. Okay. So we just kind of like mutually um, ended the band after that tour. And we, the three of us had agreed we didn't want to get another drummer. So that was a big, wow. that was a big part of it. And, and, uh, and then Jason, the guitar player and I still really wanted to play. So we started survival guide together. Yeah, let's let's get into that now. So you've you've had this you've had this project for a while now. So so you've had survival guides like your thing. And tell me tell me tell me all about the band because I want to I want to hear about it. So uh so like I said we started as a two piece coming oh. out of the action design. And uh we wrote some music, we recorded, we recorded ourselves, we released a couple of 7 inches ourselves and well actually there's a small label in uh in San Francisco called Side with Us that did a couple of releases. Uh, actually she did all, all of our releases, I think. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then as we were finishing up the, our full length album, uh, which was like in 2014 and we had been kind of playing, we'd, we'd done some little like weekend tours and nothing really big, but we were just kind of like trying Mm -hmm. to figure out what to do. Um, then Jason basically found out he was starting a family. <laughs> no way. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So he 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 couldn't he couldn't uh, continue you know, on. Yeah, he okay. couldn't do what I, you know what we had intended to do and what I had wanted to do, and it really put me in a weird like funk for mm-hmm. a long time because I was like, well he was very um uh, encouraging about me doing everything by myself cuz we were only a two piece we didn't have a drummer it was just guitar and i had keyboards and we had tracks okay you know? so so he was like you can do it all you know just like oh, we'll put my guitars on the tracks and you can just play keys and sing and do it all and and i just really didn't like that idea and mm. it was uh, you know, but I was like, well, what else am I going to do? Because at this point, um, how, know, long ago, I, how long ago was that? That was, uh, 2014. Okay. 
the album came out in 2015, but that was already after I was pretty much alone. I was like having to finish it up by myself. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, I spent a lot of time just like, well, what am I doing? I spent a lot of time figuring out how I was going to play shows by myself. And so I started doing that. And I always was like, yeah, it's like, I'm doing it. It's not super fun. It's not ever really what I intended to do, uh-huh. but I'm doing it because I I do still love singing and I love playing music and I want to do music. So, um, so it actually, so, and then I moved, you know, all of this up until a certain point was in the North Bay in the Bay area and, and he lived in Sacramento. And then I moved to Texas and in 2017 okay and have basically just been like was fighting myself on writing an album for a long time because then i was like really alone because you're trying to get you're trying to get inspired it's like okay now you're trapped with your own thoughts you're trapped with yourself (laughs) you know yeah yes exactly and i had so much self-doubt just like i started as a vocalist only, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm just like, uh, now I have to write everything. I have to write the entire song, um, and all the parts and everything. And, um, you know, I spent a lot of time being like, I can do this because I have been a musician for a long time now. Uh, and I've been in various, you know, types of bands and, uh, I'm pretty sure I can do it, but a bigger part of me was just like, why would I know how to do this? You know, just like so much internal struggle of like doubting myself and, and, uh, thinking that whatever I wrote wasn't going to be good. And, um, and then I finally last year in 2022, um, started talking to a small label called double helix records and I had already had a, a number of songs and some pieces of songs, but they asked me if I would want to do a release with them on vinyl. And um, I was super cautious about it at first because I've been alone for so long, you know, right. uh, and um, and they were super awesome and convinced me to do this. And so I really buckled down and I wrote my album. I finished it. I've got 11 songs and, um, and I feel like it's such a huge accomplishment and, uh, I'm so stoked on it. Like it, it, it all, you know, obviously it's not out yet, but, um, yeah. When's, but when's it supposed to come out? It's, there's not an official date yet. Okay. It's looking like, uh, fall. Okay. Oh, um, so yeah. you're, you're giving yourself enough time to like, make make yeah. it the the release like impactful yes I guess you can say okay that's yes, great there'll be there'll be singles and releases and whatnot i guess what i skipped over yeah during that spiel just now was that when i did move to texas i decided to one thing that really over time bolstered my confidence and made me feel better and better as a musician was that i started a patreon and I, one of the, one of the rewards was that people could tell me, give me a cover song request okay. to record. Cool. So I, I didn't know how to record myself or anything. I was just like, I am going to try this. It might be terrible, but I'm going to do it anyway. So you, le- so, so you learned how to record yourself during, during this time. 
What what did you yeah. what did you what did you use? Because here here's here's something that's happening. I am now starting next week. <laughs> starting next week, I'm uh, I'm getting a new laptop, and I'm gonna try. Oh. I mean, I I know I know how to like use Logic like a little bit, but I'm always been the kind of and maybe you're this kind of person too. Where like I just I, I loved uh, and I still do love. I love like collaborating with people. You know, mm-hmm. I don't like writing alone. I, yeah, I like being hard. in a room with another person. <laughs> like I want it to be like a band. Or like, uh-huh. or just a, another person to like, just like bounce ideas off of, you know? For sure. And it's so, and I just related a lot to what you were saying about just like how, you know, you are like your own worst enemy and you're just like, you're not, not you, but I'm just saying you're like, you're in your own head when you're thinking about, you know, if like a song's good, it's like, and I think, I think the most important piece of the puzzle is like, if, if you like it, you know, that's all, that's all that should really matter, but it's gotta be so hard thinking, okay, I'm going to like, how do I work these programs? So, I mean, like, did you spend like a lot of time? working like what what did you record on like tell me tell me take me through the process i guess like after you know your fans wanted you to do a cover song and like with like you know your patreon and everything like that yeah so i was a slightly familiar with ableton live because okay. that's what jason and i had used for our tracks during our shows so i was a little bit familiar with that and um and i had I had it on my computer because he had set it up so that I could play shows. Mm. Um, so I just started messing around with that. And then I took um, some online classes with it, like some video classes and stuff and, um, and started gradually learning how to use that. I, I had used GarageBand before. So mm. like some of the very earliest ones um, I had used GarageBand to record, but it was obvious that, there was much more functionality with Ableton. Okay. So then I just started, I just started doing it. I just started um, using my drum pad to program in, you know, stupid drum sounds. Yeah. Drum (laughs) sounds. So stupid. These stupid drummers (laughs) with their fucking, you know, does this snare sound better than this one? You know, there's so many different, like going in the sound banks. Oh, you know, which, which snare is the best. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. That's okay. That's, I mean, that is how I felt. I was like, I don't know. I'm just going to throw a bunch of drums in this thing and just yeah. play it with my fingertips okay. and, uh, and just, just go for it and try my best to not care too much how the quality sounds or how I feel about it, you know, like that, that's what really got me to where I am now and to have been able to, to then write an album, but it took a long time to be like, okay, I'll take this, you know, this, uh, whatever David Bowie song Mm -hmm. and just do what I think I can do with it. And it's, it might be, it, it took me a while to feel like, you know, not, extremely weird about giving these unprofessional songs to people and posting them at first I was like I don't know maybe I'll just email it to the person who asked for it you know and that's all but then I was like well I it took me a long time to make this thing so it's not great but I should post it for everybody to hear and it'll only help me in my process here's what I think about your last comment I don't think you should ever tell people if it's great or not great. I think you should let them make a decision because a lot <laughs> of times people aren't a lot of people that like listen to like your stuff, my stuff, whatever. They're not musicians. They don't really know. It's like we yeah. know, you know, but do they know? Probably not. You know, I don't know. Yeah. That's just, just something yeah, I, no, that, we're, we're so hard on ourselves. I know that. For yeah. Sure. 
But um, yeah, that's exactly the kind of thought process that I had to like force myself to adopt, you know, just like, this is terrible. This sounds terrible to me, but I feel like maybe people will still enjoy it, even if it's, you know, very rough. Sure. So, okay. We have to go to one more commercial break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to conclude uh, this interview with Emily Whitehurst. I'm so I'm so happy you're able to take time out of your day just to be able to talk to a little old me that you know, I've <laughs> me known too. you for like God. I can't believe I've known you for like two decades. Okay, uh, <laughs> all right. We'll be back with Emily Whitehurst here on Adobe Radio. <laughs> oh God, we're back. What, what did you What did you think of that song that they just played on Adobe? What did you think about it? It was great. All right, cool. It's the <laughs> I same love song. That beat. They, they need to change. Seriously, you're you're gonna listen to this and be like, oh, that's what Ryan's talking about. Okay. <laughs> so Before for all we... these people, yeah, all these people listening right now, it's either like you're listening live and you're listening to like that last song that just happened. It, I don't know why it's on. It's always on like the second half. And then, but then if you're hearing it on Spotify, then everybody just thinks I'm like doing drugs or something because they're like, what is he talking about? <laughs> so because th- because then it comes out like on Spotify, like maybe like a week later or whenever. Um, whenever we without the song yeah exactly so it's like adobe uh because we have like um we have like two commercial breaks so adobe's like hey you know we need ad space and like so i cut this up into like thirds right so this is this would be the third part of this episode now so we did mm-hmm. part one already we did part two this is this is part three but then when it goes up online it's all condensed into one thing so that's how i had yeah. to learn how to use logic actually i was like oh i have to learn how to like edit my own show uh-oh you know, <laughs> like, I didn't know how to do any of this shit. And then, um, no, I mean, with, with, with the whole podcast thing, it was like, Adobe came to me. I think it was, it was in like 2019. They're like, Hey, we want you to do a show. And I was like, Oh, okay. And I just kind of like, um, I didn't really think of it, you know? And then once like the pandemic happened, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give this a shot. I'll, I'll see what it's yeah. like to be a, a podcast host, you know, that people want to hear every so often but then but then it's i now i have to i was doing it like um like every other week and then i you know i guess like they wanted me to do one every single week and i've been doing one every single week since uh fuck like 2021 that's awesome yeah it's it's really hard you know how hard it is to try to not get a repeater guest i've only had one repeater guest (laughs) so i've done this like a hundred so i i you were my hundredth and uh 10th episode i've ever done Wow. So that many people are going to be on my show. Yeah. I want to tell you something that I thought was so interesting too. Um, On the last episode that I had, if people were following this religiously, I had uh, this guy named Christo from the band Bad Sons. So he was just, he was actually like, I, you know, truth be told, I don't do this live. So uh, I I try to knock out, you know, a couple podcasts a day or whenever I need to, because I need, you know, I need to turn in something every single week and life happens and blah, blah, blah. So I had him on my show just like an hour ago before you. And I was like, how did you write music? And he was like, Oh, you know, like when I was like growing up, I did it on garage band. And I was like, okay, well that's not how I did it. Like, <laughs> Holy shit. Like I, I felt like I was like in a garage, you know, and um, had like a, like a freaking microphone, you know, and then we yeah. listened to a little tape recorder and rewind and be like, Oh, do we like that? Does that sound cool? Or like, what, what do we think? And that was like our pre-production. So I, I mean, I feel like I come from the era of just you know, I should have learned how to do the stuff like way earlier on. And I'm now playing catch up with myself. That's yeah. all. Well, I mean, you, it's, it's not super hard. I have good in you to, I, to learn how to do it. It's you'll get it. Yeah. Cause like I've been offered like, you know, jo- like actual jobs, like, Oh, do you know how to run playback? And I'd be like, 
no. <laughs> You know, so so I need I need to now I need to like now learn how to do that so I could have that skill because I feel like now in today's world like if I want like a drum job or something, um you need yeah. to, you just as a drummer it's like oh you just need to know this like no big deal and I'm like oh my gosh just like another thing it's like don't don't people know that we already have we have to learn like fifteen different we have to listen to fifteen different things at once when we're learning drums like for someone and then on top of I that know, now like we have to you learn can't all- just. Yeah. You can't just be a really awesome musician. Yeah, what the you hell? Like know all this other stuff. Yeah, too. why? <laughs> it's like I didn't sign up for that. Yeah, I, that's how that's that's exactly how I felt like going solo when I was first learning and stuff. I was yeah. just like, uh, Jason, well, why? <laughs> well, so let me let me ask you this. So now now that you have Survival God and you're you're comfortable in all that stuff and you're gonna release music like in the fall, which I'm very excited about, are you um are you gonna try to put together like a band like a live situation or like are you going to bring in like random people do you think it's just going to be you like what where where do you see the the vision of um you know survival guide yeah i'm not totally sure i i would like to add some more um musicians and i have time um since the album comes out in september and september or, you know in fall. okay fall okay it's <laughs> fall, either september fall. or fall all right fallish yes cool <laughs> um so, but I do want to, uh, to figure out at least doing some short runs of tours because okay. I've been spending so much time like, Oh, I got to write my album. I'm working on the album. And then I recorded the album and it's all super time consuming. And I have not been focusing on setting up my, uh, my live show. So, but okay. I, I for sure want and need to do that to, you know, to promote the record and to okay. further the record. And, uh, so you yeah. don't know if you're doing it alone, but you might, but you're, you're, and then like, are you, do you have like a team yet? Like, do you have like a manager or like a booking agent or any of that kind of stuff? Or you're just kind of like toying with everything now. I don't have a booking agent. Mm. I have not yet like really attempted really hard to, to get a booking agent. Okay. Um, so I'm not, you know, I'm not sure what's going to happen with that. Um, the people who run double helix are also very they're not they're not certainly not my managers but they have a lot of managerial type skills and a lot of contacts kind of like managers would okay so um so they've been kind of filling that role like if there's anything that i need help with i can ask them and and they're really awesome so but yeah i don't technically have a manager or a booking agent just a label yeah I mean, I know like if I were to do it all over again, I know, I know for sure, not that like you need any advice from me, but I was going to say, I know if there's one thing I learned more than anything is that when you start from the ground up, no matter what, and I, I literally learned this like again, whatever, but when you're, when you're starting (laughs) to play shows, bring a fucking sound guy. You just have to. (laughs) <laughs> that's gotta be like your main priority i'm not even you joking. think so oh yeah when i when i was first like when when i was first playing shows like like idk bring it from the ground up or whatever like we like like we we lost money for forever but it was worth it in the end you know it was like j- just because it's it's so vital it's so important like i don't care if i'm losing out on something if people are watching it and they're like oh that was really great you know and you got somebody that like knows your your band. That's like literally the one thing I would tell like my past self. Like, That's interesting. I have days. never, I've never had a, a dedicated yep. sound. Whether they're, they're doing sound and tour managing or sound and merch or whatever, like that, that's just like, 
you know, homie to homie. I'm, I'm telling you, like, yeah. I, it's so uh, beneficial now compared to, because, uh, like, people that work at these venues, like, they don't give a shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're just there, like, yeah, like, what time am I getting off work, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah that's, a so, good, that's a good, uh, good, good thought. Yeah. I mean, I like, when, when, like when we were, when we were like first starting out, I mean, like we did that for like, you know, but if we were getting paid like 300 bucks, I'm like, okay, well there's the budget. <laughs> there's a yeah. sound guy. There's, there's a, there's a tech making it, trying to make it look like, uh, larger than life from the, from the, you know, beginning from the inception. Yeah. So, um, do you see yourself? We, we have, we have like, uh, like eight minutes left in the show. I was gonna say, do you see yourself like going on tour this year? Do you see? Do you see like what, what do you what do you want the future to look like for uh, for Survival Guide? Uh, yeah. Ideally, I would have uh, some musicians and a, a touring setup, and I would tour. I think I do see myself at least doing some small touring okay. this year for sure because of the record. Um, I don't totally know about. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm kind of just going to see what I can, what I can pull together basically. Um, I do want to mention the, that seven inch that has the AFI. Let's please, let's please talk, let's talk about that. Cause, uh, you know, you and I both, we, we both go back with Hunter, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, so so how, how did that come about? So the songs, it's, it's a four song, seven inch, and it's basically like a split between my AFI covers and my Misfits covers. And uh, they were all requests from patrons. So they're, they're songs that I took from that covers um, experiment, you could say, Uh, had sent, sent the stems to someone uh, who actually knows how to mix Okay. Named uh, Matt Matt uh, from Shards Shards Recording, I think, on the East Coast. Okay. Um, and uh, and 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 pressing it to vinyl with with double helix. So I've got two two AFI songs that are they're like dance. Um, I turned them into like club tracks almost. And then uh, the two Misfits songs are uh, like piano songs like acoustic piano songs like you know i love i love when um people do covers and they don't sound like the original thing yeah because it's like that's mostly what i've been doing yeah if it just sounds like the original thing it's just like well we'll just go listen to the original who wants to hear the same song like twice like ooh, like he made that uh cello sound like the cello that was on the original recording that's rad it just all it sounds like is just like another singer on top of (laughs) what's already there you know Totally. I think it's cool when you do like uh like rendition like your your own mix of it. That's rad. Yeah, yeah. So I've got that seven inch coming out, and then when after does that, that come out? Uh, that comes out at the end of this month. Um, on January, I think thirty thirtieth or thirty okay. first. So by the time this airs, it'll have already been out for uh, a couple weeks. So oh, okay. Got, so you guys need to go check that out. <laughs> um, so then, so then, what's coming up soon? Yeah. when you listen to this is the digital full length of these covers and other punk related covers that I have had requested. When's that so released? Like, that is a uh, February last week of February. Oh, this is perfect. So, all right guys, well then next week, you know, go, go check that out. Like <laughs> the on, magic, on, magic of yeah. time. How many, now how many vinyls are you printing up of, of this cover? Uh, record between like the AFI stuff and Misfits and all that. Five hundred. Five hundred. Okay. Yes. 
You know, I I've noticed that when you when you put a limit on how many uh, vinyls are are available, they tend to go. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping they're on presale. Um, right now. Well, obviously, when you when this is out, they're yeah. not on presale anymore. Yeah, they might be gone by the time. Yeah, you they, to yeah. You got you guys missed <laughs> out. You guys, you guys snoozed. <laughs> it's your fault for not uh, having this episode come out sooner. You know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I just I can't I can't believe you're you're on my show and I still I still talk to you after all these years. You know. I know. Oh, before are we about yeah. to be done? Oh, like we got like it, four oh, minutes. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I wanted to tell you, I keep wanting to tell you, but haven't had a chance um, that I really feel like I need to ask you to to call me M because it's been so many years of me being M. I'm sorry. You know? Yes. You've, you've always been M. <laughs> I just, I just, it's call- okay. I mean, oh, okay. Yeah. I, it, it only is like certain, you know, people that I have known for, for so long. It's like, it's weird to hear them call me by my real name. Okay. All right. Only. Well then, Hey, everybody listening. <laughs> We're we're calling we're calling you M. I usually yeah. do call you M. I I think I was just more of like I'm trying to be like you know profesh. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like I mean that is my professional name, but right. like <laughs> but I feel like I it's like a weird thing. Like it's yeah. my real name is Emily, but it's weird when I hear people call me that. I don't know. You know, it, I get tell me if this is this is funny too. But like if if I, I'm like dating a girl and they call me they call me Ryan, then I feel like I'm getting like punished. I'm like, what did I do? So it's probably like baby or honey or whatever, you know? Yes. Like, that it's is like weird. what? So, okay. Well, hey, um, if people want to find you, since we have like three minutes left of this, uh, what's the best way to find everything M related? And uh, yeah. Yeah. So I've got a lot of stuff under survival guide music as mm-hmm. handles. And then you can also find me under survival guide without any vowels. So like if you were to go to my website, it's just srbvlgd.com and you can find all the stuff there okay i love that and uh if they <laughs> want to find you on instagram or do you, have, do you have a tiktok i do but i ha- i haven't used it as much as i should i've same. barely used it same same here i need to learn how to start using more i, I might post like drum cover things of just like like an array of music so I, ha- yeah. I have the equipment to do it. i know how to record myself like on logic but i'm just not like i want to start moving into ableton you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you should. God, what a what a what a great conversation. I can't believe we're like pretty much almost done. So okay, so survival got music on Instagram. Uh mm-hmm. do, you, do you have a Twitter? Do you have a I have Twitter. It's uh I think it's survival guide music. And I also have a Twitch channel. So you can actually come yes. see me play live like okay. almost every week. Every week on Twitch? Okay. Do, yeah, and do uh requests and stuff. I've learned a bunch of my own songs on piano and on bass. And I just mess around on there. It's pretty fun. When you dumb question, when you started this band, did you not? You you said you didn't play any of that stuff. No, I played keyboard, but okay. I mean, not not real. I'm mean, not really. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to tune in. Maybe I'll be like one of the annoying people being like, play this, learn learn. That'd this be song. awesome. <laughs> what Can what days do you usually go on? Just so people people know. Yeah, I've been mostly doing requests on Friday afternoons. Fridays, okay. Yeah. Perfect. And are you on for like a long time or is it like, uh, it's, like a, it's usually about three hours. Really? Wow. That's yeah. awesome. I yeah. Think I I mean, it's a lot of talking, yeah. a lot of talking in between, you know, like people asking questions or sure. whatever. Sometimes I kind of have to relearn a song. <laughs> right. We should talk about more of that when, uh, when I get off, uh, 
this this thing with you. But um, okay, well, hey, uh, M, thank you so much for being on the show, and everybody, check out Survival Guide Music. And um, I think next week her her uh, stuff is going live for her seven inch cover up. And what what's the album called? It's called Request Hotline Volume Two. Request Hotline Volume Two. I actually have one. Yeah, I have one out already, but okay, the second great. one is is more punk related. Perfect. All right. Well, uh, we will see you next week on Ryan Seaman and Friends. Gone Fishing is coming up next. And M, thank you so much for being on my show. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Great. So cool to talk to you. Yep. You too. All right. We'll see you next time here on Ryan Seaman and Friends.